<clears throat> Amen. Well, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. Chances are you may have seen that movie before called It's a Wonderful Life, especially this time of the year. Uh, it is a wonderful life. It's become a favorite of many across generational lines. Uh, it's about a man, if you've never seen the movie, it's about a man by the name of George Bailey who really, doesn't have, who really does have a great life, but he doesn't realize that he has a great life, a wonderful life, fully. Until he finds himself in a difficult situation, at which time he prays for God to help him. An angel then is sent to George Bailey, an angel by the name of Clarence. And he is sent to help George and reveals what life would be like if he had never been born. Today and for the next three Sundays, we want to look at a quick clip from the movie and then see, see them simply as illustrations of what we learn from God's Word. And then, and that it, rather that at Christmas and all year that as believers, we find that it is a wonderful life for believers. So this first clip we're going to look at here, George has grown up. Uh, he's always wanted to travel. He's finished with school. It's time to see the world. And he is ready to leave Bedford Falls behind and go places and do things. So let's look at this first clip together. A night bag, genuine English cowhide, combination lock, fitted up with brushes, nope, combs. Nope, 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 nope. I'll look, Joe. Now look. I, I, I want a big one. What'd you stop it for? I want you to take a good look at that face. Who is it? George Bailey. Oh, you mean the kid that had his ear slapped back by the druggist? That's the kid. Ah, it's a good face. I like it. I like George Bailey. Tell me, did he ever tell anyone about the pills? Not a soul. Did he ever marry the girl? Did he ever go exploring? Well, wait and see. Big, see, I, I don't want one for one night. I want something for a thousand in one night. With plenty of room here for labels from Italy and Baghdad, Samarkand, Creek Big, sir. I see a flying carpet, huh? Yeah, I don't suppose you'd like this old second-hand job, would you? Ah, oh, you're talking. Gee whiz, I could use that as a raft in case the boat sunk. How much does this cost? No charge. That's my trick here, George. Sound like you said no charge. That's right. What's my name doing on it? Here? Little present from old man Gala. Came down and picked it out himself. He did? What do you know about that? My old boss. Isn't that nice? What boat are you sailing on? Well, I'm working across on a cattle boat. A cattle boat? Okay, I like cows. so much for the baggage. That's exactly what I want. Oh, forget it. Well, it's wonderful of you to think of me. Hope oh, you enjoy oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. I wish I had a million dollars. <laughs> Hot dog! A fast day, Captain Cook. You got your sea legs yet? Parliament Francais, mister. Hey, send me some of those picture postcards, will you? Hey, George, the line? don't take any plug nickels. Hey, George, uh, your suitcase is leaking. Uh, hey, Ernie. Hi, Ernie. Hi, George. Hi, Bert. George. Hey, hey, I, I'm a rich tourist today. How about driving me home in style, huh? Right. Hop yes, in, your sir. highness. Hop in. And for the carriage trade, I put on my hat. Good afternoon, Mr. Bailey. Hello, Violet. Hey, you look good. That's some dress you got on there. What? This old thing? Well, I only wear it when I don't care how I look. Hey, 
Yes. Well, you know, sometimes many people are like George, aren't they? Wanting to get out of town, do things their own way, and go and do their own things the way they want to. But he will learn that the things that he thinks are so important are elusive and are the wrong focus. And friends, listen, at Christmas time, we also can enter into the season and go throughout the season also with the wrong focus. But for the believer, we can find the right focus year after year. And today we want to see the story in Luke chapter 2 of Simeon, Simeon who had the right focus. So if you would turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 22, we'll go through verse 35, and look here at the life of Simeon and what is taking place here in his life here as he sees Jesus for the first time. So in honor and reverence to the Word of God, if you'd please stand as I read Luke 2, starting at verse 22 and going through verse 35. Now, when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed... They brought him, that's Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who opens the rooms shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms, and he blessed God, and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you and praise you for the word. We pray that you would speak to us, that we would understand as we understand that as believers, indeed, it is a wonderful life that we have the right focus. And so, Lord, maybe we've already started off on the wrong foot this, uh, this season. Help us to pause today and, Lord, refocus, to re-engineer the areas in which we need to, to get back to where we need to think straightly and, and correctly about where we need to place our focus this season. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, I I need you as always as I preach this morning. I pray that you'd help my voice. I pray, Lord, you'd help our hearts to be receptive. I pray, Lord, that you'd have your way in every heart and life as we seek to hear uh, from you this day. For, Lord, it's all about you, not about us. And so, Lord, help us to have the focus that we need to have as we walk away from here today, a focus upon Jesus and you alone. But, Lord, may the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, to have the right focus at Christmas, as believers, we should be full of, first off, expectation. 
expectation. You see in your bulletin an outline there. I want you to fill that in so you can take these notes home and look at them later. But we want to see first off that as believers, we should be full of expectation. Everybody has high expectations at Christmas. Amen. I mean, you already, you already thinking, you've got expectations already in your minds and in your hearts about what's going to happen at Christmas. Maybe it's all that leads up to Christmas. Maybe it's Christmas Eve. Maybe it's Christmas morning. Maybe your expectations are for this great gift. You have already whispered in your husband's sleep while he's been sleeping that this is that thing that I want you to get for me. And you've told him that for several nights. Now, he didn't know that until I, except that I just said it, but you've told him that, over and over again. So you're expecting this great gift. Or maybe you're expecting something else as, as we enter into this Christmas time. Maybe it's those traditions, those things that we hold so dear to us, those things we look forward to year after year after year. We, we so enjoy this part about Christmas when we do this, whatever this may be. And you have high expectations that all the family, or at least most of the family will be able to be there. And so you have that expectation, those high expectations of those traditions and lots of family time. Or maybe it, your, your expectations are a little bit different as you're entering into this Christmas and you're expecting long lines and crowded parking lots and huge debt. Maybe that is what you are expecting. But we all have these expectations. But what we find today in the scripture of Simeon here is that Simeon also had high expectations. Let's look again at verse 25 and following through verse 28. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah. And so he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. Then Simeon took Jesus up in his arms and he blessed God. You see, friends, Simeon, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, it had been revealed to him that he would see the Messiah before he died. And so what's Simeon doing since he had been revealed that? That is that he was now waiting expectantly for God to do something. He was expecting God to reveal himself. He knew that he would see the Redeemer. The spirit who had revealed this to him now led Simeon to the right place at the right time, and he was right there when Mary and Joseph walks into the temple with baby Jesus. Since there was this sense of expectation Simeon is excitedly waiting to see the marvelous work of God. It was a time of great expectation that was fulfilled as he lays his eyes upon baby Jesus. Now, friends, let me ask you a question this morning. What is it that you are expecting this Christmas? No, not what's on your Christmas list, but what are you expecting this Christmas? What is it that your attitude is going to be about this holiday season? Are you just expecting the hustle and the bustle? Are you expecting something different this year? Well, let's just push the pause button. Chances are you've already begun the Christmas hustle and bustle. Amen? 
if you take part in Black Friday, Angie asked me on Friday <clears throat> that uh, she had heard that there was a great sale at Walmart. And she said, hey, I hear they've got a, a, good, a good deal on towels, a dollar for towels. I said, we don't need any towels. She said, well, let's, let's go see what all kinds of stuff. I said, you know what? If you want to go, you go right ahead. I have no desire to go to Walmart today on Black Friday. Maybe that was you. Maybe that was, the dollar towels was your thing, and you just needed to get there. That, and that's fine. Maybe you've already got caught up in all the things you've already decorated. Maybe if you're fortunate, you've already wrapped all your gifts. I know we're not even close to that. But whatever you are, wherever you are with that, friends, let's just push pause here for a moment. And let's pause from all the sale papers. Let's pause from fretting over our decorations and those tree lights that I think are from the devil a lot of times. And pause from, from looking from those favorite recipes. And let's reconsider what we need to expect during the holiday season. This holiday season, friends, why not expect God to intervene in our lives? Amen. I mean, let's just let's just enter into this today, the first Sunday after Thanksgiving. Christmas is right. We are right at the door of Christmas season. Friends, why not just go ahead and begin to refocus how we're going to think and what we're going to be dealing with and how we're going to, the attitude we're going to have as we move into the season. And let's expect God to do something in our lives this, this Christmas season. Let's expect God to reveal himself to us in marvelous ways as we ponder his grace as his son was born in Bethlehem. Let's, let's expect God, friends, let's expect God to draw us closer to him as we hear the story of the Savior's birth again. As you listen with a renewed sense of wonder as carols are sung, as we sing some of those Christmas songs that we only sing once a year, as we come to those times, friends, let us let God and ask God and expect him to draw us closer to himself even during this time and expect God to use you also as you wait in line, having conversations with people who will be around you, anticipating that God has appointed some opportunities for you as you meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Let's expect God to speak to you as you visit your friends and as you visit with your family and go to all the different events that you'll be going to and taking part in for this next month or so. Let's expect God to just speak to us and ask him to do that. How about that this this Christmas season? Don't you think that's a better thing to look forward to? Amen? You see, friends, having those kinds of expectations really do change our attitude. They really do. If we walk into the season with the attitude of, man, I dread this and I dread that, it's going to be a season of dread until it's over when there's relief when it's all done. Amen? You know, when we, having those kinds of expectations, they really do change our attitude. You know, a while back when I was at uh, Walmart, I, within just a few minutes, I heard uh, two different things. I heard somebody say within a few minutes of each other, first I heard somebody say, this Walmart, I cannot stand coming to Walmart. There's all this pushing and shoving and hurry, hurry. Within just a few minutes, I heard somebody else say, well, I always meet the nicest people at Walmart. <laughs> you know, if you expect things to be burdensome and bothersome, they will be. Amen? If you expect it to be a drudgery, it will be. Friends, let's enter into this Christmas season expecting God 
to do something in our lives. Amen? That's what we should expect. It's a wonderful life, friends, with the right focus. Expecting the Lord to be at work in and through you at Christmas time and all year long. So we have to have the right focus, being full of expectation. But also, friends, we need to be full of adoration. The second point is adoration. Being full of adoration. Simeon saw baby Jesus. And as he saw baby Jesus, as he saw him, he realized that this was him. This is the promised one. This, he's been waiting for the consolation of Israel. He's been waiting for him who is the Lord's Christ. And he took him up in his arms and he blessed God. And he said these words in verse 29 and following. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. You see, Simeon not only recognized that this babe is the Savior and the Messiah and the Redeemer, but he also, as he recognized him for who he was, he embraced him. And he adored him. Friends, this Christmas and all year long, let's do more than just recognize who Jesus is. Let's also embrace him and endure, adore Jesus Christ. You know, I'm reminded of the story of Mary and Martha in, in John chapter 12 after their brother Lazarus was raised from the dead. We talked about this quite a few weeks ago. But Mary, if you remember, she anointed the feet of Jesus. And as she is anointing the feet of Jesus, there is this outpouring of love for what he has done and that he has uh, brought her brother back to life. He has done a miraculous thing in her family. And so she is at the feet of Jesus. She is pouring out this, this uh, oil, this perfect this costly perfume over the feet of Jesus because she is showing here this great adoration for the Lord. Friends, as we enter into this Christmas season, let us also sit at the feet of Jesus and let's pour ourselves out to him in adoration and let's embrace him. But you know, too often, I'm afraid, at Christmas time, we embrace rather not Jesus but we embrace our traditions. We embrace our routines and we only acknowledge Jesus Christ in passing. Let us rather, friends, embrace Jesus. Let us cherish Jesus. Let us adore Jesus. Let us worship Jesus. After all, Christmas is all about him, amen? William Temple, who uh, gave a great definition of true worship, is quoted by Warren Wiersbe in his commentary. He says this, as we think about this idea of adoring and worshiping the Lord. He says, for worship is the submission of all our nature to God. It is the quickening of the conscience by his holiness. It's the nourishment of mind with his truth. The purifying of imagination by his beauty, the opening of the heart to his love, the surrender of will to his purpose, and all of this gathered up in adoration. 
This, that adoration is the most selfless emotion of which our nature is capable, and therefore it is the chief remedy for that self-centeredness, which is our original sin and the source of all actual sin. You see, friends, instead of focusing the, our Christmas season upon those things which we want to do and we must have to, to fall into place for us to be satisfied at the, end of, at the end of the season, let us shift that focus away from self-centeredness to embracing and enduring and a worshiping Jesus Christ. And then he will bless in those other things as well. I believe we'll find ourselves truly satisfied when we walk away from the Christmas season and all year long when we're focused upon Jesus Christ and worshiping him. Now, understand, it's okay for us to have our traditions. Our family has them, your family has them, it's okay. But let's do them, though, with a renewed sense of awe and wonder at the most important birth in all of history. Amen? That's where we need to place our focus. Let's restore Jesus to the proper place that he deserves. You know, We often will bellyache about how the world has taken Christ out of Christmas. But in reality, friends, we as Christians have done it ourselves. We've done it ourselves by focusing on other things instead of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've become very self-centered in all of our traditions and all of our routines. Now listen, as, as these next few weeks will certainly be full of all kinds of Christmas activities. There'll be Christmas parties and Christmas services and Christmas shopping and Christmas decorating. Let's take time to adore the Lord. Let's take time to worship, friends, at the feet of Jesus. Let's take time to embrace him. You see, we have the example here of Simeon who knew that this was no ordinary child and that he should be embraced, that he should be adored, and that he should be worshipped. For he is our salvation, and he is the promised one. And because of him, because of this Jesus, all who believe in him can be as Simeon and depart in peace. Isn't that great to know? That if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that you can leave this earth in peace, knowing that you're at peace with God the Father. You have peace with God and the peace of God through Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful life, friends, listen, with the right focus, expecting the Lord to be at work in us, but also adoring him and loving him with all of our heart. That's the key, isn't it? To love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, and soul. Having that as our focus That is the right focus. So the right focus, as we look at this passage of Scripture today, we see that we have are to be full of expectation, but also we're to have adoration. But then finally, we're to be there is to be proclamation. There is to be proclamation. Simeon proclaimed who Jesus is in verses twenty nine through thirty two, but he also proclaimed the gospel. In verses 34 and 35. Let's look at those. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. 
Even Simeon had indicated salvation through Jesus Christ would be available to all peoples, every race, and every culture. There will be those who will reject him, but also those who would accept him. His coming brings about a time of decision. He is telling this, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. That indicates that there is a decision that must be made with this baby. With this baby will come a, for people a time of decision. Either they will accept him and rise to salvation or they will reject him and fall to judgment. But there is a time of decision that comes because of who Jesus is. Simeon also says that this baby Jesus will be spoken against. And it is true that as a child, Herod desired for Jesus to be destroyed. Then throughout Jesus' ministry, up until and even on the cross, the religious leaders plotted against Jesus, spoke against him, and he was arrested and he was crucified. And then even today we find that there are still many who will reject the gospel, many who will blaspheme him, many who will deny him, many who speak all manner of evil against him, and many would crucify him again if he were in their hands. Indeed, there are many who would like to just take his name and everything about him completely out of uh, the, the culture around us. I'll just share this as a little caveat. I was watching, my grandchildren are in this weekend, and uh, we were watching Santa Claus is Coming to Town uh, last night or night before last, which is a great little show. Uh, but one of my favorite parts in Santa Claus is Coming to Town is that there's a portion there where they, when Santa and Mrs. Santa are getting married, and they talk about this baby, that this night is about this baby that is born, alluding to Jesus. Would you believe that even on TV they've taken that out now? I said, what? I cannot believe they've taken that out. But that's the culture in which we're living today. People would just as soon take it. It's about Jesus, but they'll take that completely out uh, of uh, the culture around us. It's all around us, friends. So if we can't count on the culture proclaiming that Jesus is what Christmas is about, we must do that as Christians. Amen? We must be telling people about who Jesus is. And so this is what Simeon pointed to here, that this baby, this Jesus, would die and a sword would pierce the soul of Mary. And since she witnessed his crucifixion, we know that it's the case. Simeon was proclaiming that this is the Savior and that he would suffer for us. So here's the question for us today. What are you proclaiming this Christmas? As we step into this Christmas season... We're going to be proclaiming something because whether you like it or not, your life is a testimony to something. You're always a witness somehow. So what is it that you are proclaiming as you step into this Christmas season? Are you proclaiming tradition? Are you proclaiming self? Are you proclaiming that you're going to be a Scrooge impersonator? I hope not. Rather, friends, let's proclaim Jesus. Amen. Let's proclaim Jesus Christ as Savior who was born, who lived, who died, and who rose again. That should be our proclamation. We proclaim Jesus through our actions. We proclaim Jesus through our attitudes. And we proclaim Jesus through the words as we witness to other people. But I also want you to be aware, as you probably already know, but I just want to use this as a reminder... That you're also able to proclaim Jesus through your giving this year as well. This year, especially this time of the year, just as a reminder to you, we take up what's known as the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. 
Now, we have a heart for missions at Mount Pleasant. And we have a heart for people to hear about Jesus all over the world. Every tribe, every tongue, every culture, every race to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that's quite a daunting task, don't you think? It's quite a task for us. And if we leave it for us just to do that, we we are overwhelmed. How could we ever as individuals go to all the places over all the world to point people to Jesus Christ. But God has given us a great blessing by being Southern Baptist. And as being Southern Baptist, we have several avenues by which we use. God uses our finances to be able to get the gospel out to people all over the world. One is the cooperative program. Through our cooperative program giving, a portion of our tithes and offerings here goes to the cooperative program, and a piece of that cooperative program goes to support our missionaries all over the world. Not only that, but we also have here at Mount Pleasant something called known as the GIO, the Global Impact Offering that you can give to all year long. And uh, it is broken down into uh, international missions, national missions, or North American missions rather, state missions, and local missions. And then we have what we have this time of the year called Lottie Moon Christmas Offering, where every dime, every penny, 100% of the money goes to sending and sustaining our international missionaries all over the world. So I want you to be praying about how you can help proclaim Jesus through the International uh, Mission Board and the uh, Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. And pray for our missionaries who are out on these places all over the world who are sharing Jesus Christ. We cannot go, all of us cannot go, but we can give. And every piece of our money that we give, give to Lottie Moon goes to help our missionaries on the international field. We have people on our, from our church who are serving on the international field. And we praise God for them. But we need to be proclaiming Jesus, not only ourselves to the people around us, but we can also proclaim Jesus through our giving through Lottie Moon this year as well. Pray about your part in that. Friends, it's a wonderful life at Christmas and all year when there is the right focus. It's not about seeing the world. It's not about doing things and going places we've never been before. But rather, it's all about Jesus. And that has been, that is, and that will forever be the right focus. So it's always about Jesus. For as believers, let our lives be full of expectation, that our lives be full of adoration, and may we be people who are about proclamation. Now, to do three things I'd like for you to do as we enter into this Christmas season. The first is read the Christmas story. Now, a lot of times we do that on Christmas Eve, and and that's a great time to do that as well. But as we start into this Christmas season, take time this week and reread the Christmas story and read it as if you're reading it for the very first time. And realize that it's God's grace that has sent his son Jesus to be born in Bethlehem for people like us. Amen? Amen. Friends, that ought to cause us to adore him even more, that God would love us and send his son to save us from our sins. Amen, though, that's good. Read the Christmas story as if for the first time. Secondly, watch for opportunities. As you enter into this season, watch for opportunities. Have that sense of expectation. Watch for opportunities to bring glory to the Lord. 
that somehow through your life that God can use these events, these activities, these places that you can bring glory to the Lord through what you say and how you act, through your actions and your attitude. And then thirdly, pray about giving. Pray about how you will give this year to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and then maybe to the GIO, the Global Impact Offering next year. But to give faithfully and sacrificially. We're already, if you're like our family, you're already figuring out how much you're going to spend on Christmas presents. What's more important than that, friends, is to figure out how much we're going to spend on people coming to know Christ as Savior. So let's think about that and pray about that and give sacrificially. And friends, but the, as we talk about it, it's a wonderful life. It is a wonderful life as believers, amen? There is no greater life than to be a child of God, but it begins by becoming a child of God. So if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, it's a step of faith where we acknowledge that we're sinners in need of a Savior. We turn from our sin and we turn to Jesus Christ, which is repentance. We embrace believing that Jesus, this babe who was born in Bethlehem, is God's son who lived and died on a cross and rose again bodily from the grave. And he did that for us. And we profess him as the Savior and Lord of our lives. It's a step of faith. If you're here today and you've never taken that step of faith, trusting Jesus to be the Lord of your life, friends, I'm here to tell you that that's where the wonderful life is. It's in knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. If you're here today and you are a child of God, hear what God is speaking to us to do today, to have the right focus, to make sure that as we go into this Christmas season and really all year long that our focus is right where it should be, all upon Jesus. We get bombarded with stuff of this life, but let us always be people of expectation, expecting God to do great things, working in and through us, adoring him, loving him with all of our heart, mind, and soul, and being proclaimers of the gospel, telling people through every way that we can about who Jesus is. Maybe you're here today as a child of God and you need to recommit your life to the Lord. You want to renew your faith to him. Maybe God's dealing with you to join this fellowship, to be a part of this church family. You need to transfer your letter or be baptized. Whatever the case may be, friends, as we seek to step into this Christmas season, let us be faithful to all that God calls us to do and to be for his glory because it's all about him. Let's pray together. Father, we praise you and thank you for your word. We pray that you'd have your way in us and through us. And we pray, Lord, that you'd be with us as we come to this invitation. For, Lord, we just want to adore you. We want to embrace you. We want to worship you. We want to fall at your feet. And we want to be all about you. And so, Lord, as we enter into this season, we pray that our focus would be upon you, Lord Jesus. We pray, Father, that you'd have your way in our hearts and lives as we come to this invitation. If we need to renew our, our walk with you, we ask you to refresh us, to revive us in the faith. We also pray, Father, that those here today that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that this would be that time of salvation, but that you would work in every heart and every life. For, Lord, it's all about you. And so, Lord, may you have your way in us. So, Lord, help us to come and adore you even as we sing. And, Lord, we pray for you to have your way as we come to this invitation that, Lord, we would seek to be right in your sight as we leave from here today for your glory and honor. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going